Amen to that uh, powerful video. There is one great disturber of love. The sermon is entitled, It Doesn't Matter As Much As You Think, The Trivial Versus The Important. I decided to have a New Year's resolution. Quite frankly, I've had it for the last 30 years. And it is always the same. I've made the resolution that I would try and keep my perspective right. That I would, by God's grace, develop such a spiritual sensitivity that I could quickly recognize when something that has invaded my life is a trifle that doesn't really matter or when something is truly important. If Paul Strand fails to do this, if you fail to do this, to recognize when a thing is a trifle and doesn't matter, isn't worth your energy, or when a thing is truly important, if you fail at this, then you will find your inner serenity disturbed by something as trifling as a wet day or a burnt supper or a wrong order from the restaurant, or a missed train, or a tear in the dress, or a spot on the suit, or a letter lost in the mail, or cereal spilled on the floor. If we are honest with ourselves, we must admit that there was at least one occasion in this past year in which we were irritated, hurt, or slighted by somebody and when we were hurt or irritated or slighted, we had two options. Look at the slight, the hurt, the irritation as a trifle, or look at it as a life and death matter. And if you looked at a trifle as a life and death matter, then the hot and angry words came out of you. They came out of your vocal cords, or you were typing away there that email and you pushed the button to send it. And you shouldn't have sent it. Although if you are really of that nature, you're glad you're sent it and you do it again. When that which was a trifle came your way, the hot and angry word came forth and whatever was on that video about showing love and kindness, forget it, went out the window. Or if you are not the hot, angry word type of person, maybe you're the slow, sulky, silence type of person. You've been slighted, you've been irritated, you've been hurt by someone else. Was it a trifle or was it a life and death matter? You treated it as a life and death matter and the slow, sulky silence came. And when the slow silence comes, it brings a shadow with us. And that shadow just doesn't affect you, it affects those people who live with you, who are married to you, who work with you. The shadow is so intense that even at the kitchen table, where usually the merriment of the children breaks the ice, even they are shut down because they feel the mood in the air. New Year's resolution, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see joy escaping from you. And then they thank God that you are in their life because you bring them joy. 
But for the people who cannot discern between a trifle and what is truly important, they let their darkness shine before men. And when their darkness shines before men, you better believe that joy and peace go under cover. They cannot exist in that environment. I expect you know what it is to have done something and then to have your motive for doing it questioned. I imagine you know what it is to have done something, come up with a solution to a problem, and someone else stole your idea, they got the promotion, you didn't. I'm sure when you were younger, you were just as strong, if not faster, than the other football player. You were just as flexible as the other cheerleader. But they got the position on the team and the squad, and you did not. Their parents knew the coach. Your parents didn't. And when these things, these threats to your inner peace came, were they a trifle? Or were they a life and death matter? There are people who, in 2021, uh, wish to have been married, but it did not come their way. There are others who are married for a number of years, and the marriage uh, began to disintegrate. Painful divorce this past year. And if not, they remain in the relationship, cold as ice in that house. There are some who have watched others grow very wealthy. They have everything that money can buy. While they themselves have expended just as much energy, have just as much ability, have worked just as hard, and they have failed. And they struggle nigh unto poverty, with the future including this year in great jeopardy. There are some who have had robust health, and there are others in the same family who have struggled with physical, mental, emotional health issues all of their life. There are some in the family, some in the neighborhood who touch something, it turns to gold. And for some other person, whenever they touch something, it turns to coal. Lord, help me discern what is trivial and really doesn't matter all that much. And help me discern what is truly important. Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, He said the important thing, seek first the face of Jesus when you get up. Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the face of Jesus when you get up. He doesn't say if you have good health, you're blessed. He doesn't say if you got a big bank account, you're blessed. He didn't say if you can go on a couple of vacations a year, you're blessed. He said if you have food and clothing, you're blessed. Most people at some time or other this past year, they said two magic words. And those two words bring darkness. They do not bring the light. And those two words are, if only. Some people will say it only once in their lifetime because it's a challenge against God. 
If only, that's what Job said, if only God. And God said to Job, you know who you're talking to, right? If only, if only I had had this or that advantage. If only I had turned right rather than left. If only I had left the house 60 seconds earlier. If only this had come my way. If I had married Joe instead of Sam. If I had gone to college. If I had five more points on the exam that I took. If I had been offered that job. There are moments like this in all of our lives where those two words come into the head. If only. And if those words are allowed to stay in the head, then they go down to the mind. They go into the heart and they go into the soul of an individual. And once those two words are in the soul of an individual, it is as hard to remove them as a cockleburr on a stocking. They produce self-pity. And self-pity is an insidious enemy of inward peace. Self-pity undermines morale, it robs us of our energy, it disturbs our relationship with God and with other people. If self-pity is allowed within an individual, it will multiply and produce morbid children. The children of self-pity are mentioned in Galatians 5.19. Resentment, bitterness, dislike of others, hatred, envy, despair, no place for God. The fruits of the Spirit, when they bump into self-pity, they say, God, I tried my best, but I couldn't break through. Love? No, not with self-pity. Peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness. No, not when self-pity rules today. For the Christian, uh, those two words, if only, they don't fit our vocabulary. There are three words that do. By God's grace. Those are the three words. If only, says God, you blew it. You should have done better by me. By God's grace, says, my goodness gracious, I have God. It doesn't say if I have good health. It doesn't say if I have a lot of money. If it doesn't say I have the right job. It says if you have food and arraignments, you ought to be content and ought to be saying, by God's grace. You ready? By God's grace, I tore up my knee and did not get that scholarship to Northern Illinois University. Because my life was handled well by God without that scholarship. By God's grace, I didn't get that job. I thought I wanted it so badly, but within three months, the company had been bought out and everyone had lost their job. By God's grace, I didn't get the job. By God's grace, I fell one point short of, of that score in the exam that I needed. By God's grace, do you see? Do you see the difference between if only and by God's grace? If God is tabernacled within you, if the kingdom of God has pitched its tent within you, if the shepherd of the 23rd Psalm 
is walking with you. January 16th, 17th, 18th, as he has the entirety of your life. If the Good Shepherd is walking with you, the only words ever come out of your mouth are by God's grace. Because all praise to him. And when the Bible talks about your life and mine needing to be a life of thanksgiving and praise to God, if only we'll never cut the mustard, you won't even get the first note of the song. But if your words are by God's grace, thanksgiving and praise are just part of your life morning, afternoon, and evening. His name was John the Baptist. He'll be popping up pretty soon. Lent on Ash Wednesday on March 2nd. John the Baptist will be popping up pretty soon. Here's a man who schooled his body, disciplined his mind, forswore marriage, practiced asceticism, that he might give himself entirely to one task, the spiritual welfare of his fellow man. He went out into the inhospitable desert. Locust beans and wild honey were her diet, was diet. And when the powerful came into his life, he was not influenced by them at all. He was not overwhelmed by the mighty, the influential, or the powerful. He was content to speak these words to his fellow man. Your spiritual welfare is my concern. Repent. Behold, the Lamb of God is coming, most important person in the world. Make a straight path for him. You don't want anything cluttering your path with the Lamb of God. Repent, be baptized, serve Him. Those were His words. The Bible says all Jerusalem came out to hear Him. How that must have warmed His heart. His name was on everyone's lips. Great crowds gathered. And then His cousin comes, pays a visit. The cousin out of... Uh, Nazareth, the carpenter's son. And as soon as the cousin comes, there's competition for the crowds. To John the Baptist's unending credit, he did not say, I want to be the top dog. He said, I must decrease, he must increase. He's the Son of God, he's your salvation. We all would have looked at John the Baptist and said, you have a right to be angry. He wasn't angry at all. I must uh, decrease. He must increase as a lesson for us there. If anybody present has risen to the top of their tree and been knocked off that tree, you'll know how John felt. Yet John had this enormous insight, and we need to have it in the church. The video. The video. The video you saw. It doesn't matter through whose lips the message comes. It doesn't matter through whose hand the kind deed is done. It only matters that people hear about Jesus. 
that they respond to Jesus, that they are touched for Jesus by some man or woman, some teenager, some child, some board, some committee, some small group, some minister, some church of some denomination. Doesn't matter who does it. Just matters that it gets done. Mark chapter 9. The disciples have just been knocked down a peg. Man comes with a demon-possessed boy, says to the disciples, cast out the demon. The disciples try and they fail. Jesus comes, he succeeds. They still have that slap in their face, heavy in their mind. And as they're with Jesus, Mark chapter 9, they see a man in the distance. And he has a crowd of people gathered around him and he's casting out demons. And the disciples say to Jesus, let us go over and stop him. He's not one of us. And Jesus looked at them and he said, if he's not against us, he's for us. Doesn't matter through whose lips or through hands the kindness is done. Just matters that it's done. I'll be in places you never will. The hospitals, the nursing homes, the veterans' homes. I'll be in places you never will. You'll be in places that I never will. But as it said in the reading, we're all one, different gifts, but the same Spirit dwells in us. And the Spirit's goal for me is the same as it is for you. And the Spirit's goal for you is the same as it is for me and Pastor Shower. The spiritual welfare of other human beings, that they might know Jesus. Closing story, Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan. Here is a Jewish man. He's beaten senseless by robbers. He's almost dead. Thank goodness. Amen. Amen. You guys, thank goodness a priest is coming down the road because certainly the priest will stop and help him. Thank goodness a priest is coming. The priest sees the man there and he says, man, I got an appointment in the synagogue. I can't stop and help this guy, man. I got an appointment in the synagogue. And then trying to rationalize it even more, he says, you know, I, I vision him saying, you know, God has punished this man because he's done some sin. How dare I intrude in God's punishment on this poor man here? And then he needed a third thing, so it popping into his head. If I touch him and he dies, I'll be quarantined for a month. And I won't be able to do anything. He had to make a decision between what was trivial and what was important. And he said, this man here, beaten half to death, he's trivial. What's important is what's going on in the synagogue. And then as he looks over his shoulder, he sees a Levite coming and he said, God be praised. The Levite will stop and help him. And the Levite passed on by. You see why it's been a New Year's resolution for me for 30 years. 
to be able to discern what is trivial and what is truly important. There's a lesson here. The perspective is wrong. It would have been better to keep the congregation waiting than to pass the wounded man unhelped. It had been better to spend a year in cleansing ceremonies than to pollute one's spirit by callous indifference to desperate need. The thing they thought mattered didn't. The thing that did matter, they passed on by. Listen carefully. Isaiah said in the Old Testament, I don't care whether you fast or not, neither does God. Hungry, thirsty, naked. Sermon on the Mount. Hungry, thirsty, naked, peacemakers. Blessed are those who seek the things of the kingdom. Closing parable. Hungry, thirsty, naked. Money. Your time for the lonely. You're sharing the greatest vaccine of all, the Lord Jesus Christ, with someone. You weren't where I was this past year. You weren't in the waiting room at Hope's Children's Hospital talking with two parents whose child had been in there for six weeks. They live 400 miles away. All of their money gone, savings gone, food, gas, taking time off work to be with their child. You weren't where I was. And as I was sitting there with that family, I could share financial help with them, which I did. I could share God with them, which I did. And I could share an hour of my time with them, which I did. You are not here, middle of December, 11 o'clock at night. You weren't here when the van was out there and three children were in the van and they said, can we use the washroom? Our house was destroyed by the flood down there. You weren't there. God let me be there. Financial help. Paul, will you do it or won't you? Yeah, I'll do it. Paul is a little bit awkward. They could be dangerous out there. I didn't think so with the three children. I spent an hour talking with them. And I shared with them that God has a reason for them coming to this parking lot in Timmy Park, Illinois, at 11 o'clock at night, me up here as I usually am, seeing what's going on out there. Once in a lifetime opportunities. That's what they were for me. It was like God saying, Paul, I'm going to put this situation in front of you. I'm going to see what you do. No one's going to know. No one's going to be watching. Will you walk away? Or will you, this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, will you see what is important and will you see what is trivial? Closing word. 
Every time you and I, this year, have an opportunity to help some, whether it's giving a, a loaf of bread to a homeless man, whenever you and I have the opportunity to help somebody, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. God watches, and He sees what you will do. What is trivial, Lord? What is important? In our Savior's name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, Mrs. Jones stopped coming to church because we only sang five verses of the six verses in the hymn. She hadn't been back in four years. Someone else got their feathers ruffled. They haven't been here in six weeks. Oh, my goodness gracious, Lord. Seek ye first the face of God. If you see his face, you'll see his face in other people. And if you have food, and if you have clothing, you ought to be praising God. By God's grace, we are what we are, we have what we have, and we do what we do. In our Savior's name, amen.